welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build and run a SaaS. I'm Benedict. And I'm Brian. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we work on our products and keep the lights on by trying to stay focused. Today is March 31st, and I am feeling a bit conflicted. This is episode number 35, and I'm happy to welcome a guest this <laughs> this episode, and it's Tracy Osborne. Hi, Tracy. Yay. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Tracy, you're currently program manager at uh, TinySeed, that's right? Yes, yeah. What What's your job there? Like, what, what are you doing there? Yeah, so TinySeed is a, I mean, most people probably have heard of it, but just in case someone hasn't, it's a remote accelerator for bootstrap businesses. And as the program manager, I basically run the day-to-day -day program. Uh, so I'm, uh, majority of my time is set up working with the founders in this accelerator because it's all remote, which is um which is actually really useful right now <laughs> that we're not an in-person <laughs> accelerator. Yeah. We all patted ourselves on the back recently being like, woo, that was a good decision. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I set up the, the weekly meetings with the founders. I do the mentorship requests um, to the founders and the mentors we work with. I kind of do all the administration, kind of keeping things running, being um, the, I guess the right hand of Anar and Rob uh, and the three of us, um, so Rob Walling, the uh, founder of MicroConf, is the founder of TinySeed, and then Aner Volset um, is the co-founder of TinySeed, and he's kind of like our our guru around investing and finance and stuff like that. And the three of us uh, run the program together. But I basically they kind of do like the big big picture ideas, and then I kind of run the day to day stuff. Um, in addition to lots of other tasks, it's nice being on a very small team, as that we all wear a lot of different hats. That's that's the usual thing with small teams, right? You basically end up doing everything. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I prefer because um, I'm sure you're going to get into this in a second. But in my my past life before Tiny Seed, as I was a, um, a founder myself, I ran a, a wedding startup uh, called Wedding Lovely, which was like a SaaS in the marketplace for in the wedding area, um, which I shut down right before I started Tiny Seed. And when I was interviewing with Rob, I we had this whole discussion, this whole like part of the interview where I was saying, um, he was asking me about like, are you, do you really want a job? Cause you're, you know, as a founder, it's really hard to imagine being an employee. Right. Mm. And he, mm. we even talked about this. He's like, what's the chance that you're going to be in like two, three, five years being like, okay, I'm going to go off and do my own startup again. And I was like, well, can't say I'm not going to. And at that time <laughs> I wasn't like, zero. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I'll be honest. Like I, every other job I've had before this, has been completely awful. And it was, uh, mm. <laughs> it was those two jobs. Like I had this, I've been burned any other time I had a job. Mm. Um, but this time I've, this is my forever job. This is actually a really, really fun thing to work on. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, in a, I'm not a founder myself, but I'm in a position as a founder where, because you're wearing those different hats, there's lots of different things to work on. You are right on the front lines. It has all the aspects of being a founder while also being an employee. Mm-hmm. So the great thing about a small team is that it's um, it's almost a requirement that you feel a sense of ownership. Yeah, and there are enough like important things going on, high leverage things going on that you can feel like you are a an owner of a particular project. Yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, because Rob is running so many other things because he runs MicroConf and he runs startups for the rest of us podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I get to help out on those projects yeah. as well, but it also means that. Um, in terms of like figuring out what's going on, tiny seed that's been left on my shoulders, which has been um, quite an honor. I'm actually at one year of being in tiny seed this month, 
or excuse me, next month because it's not April yet. Congrats. So, and the reason that we brought you on today is uh, initially you were invited to speak at uh, FemtoConf, but then, yeah, stuff happened and FemtoConf is no longer a thing this year. It's so sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's really sad. I was really looking forward to meet everyone. Um, But we agreed that you'd speak at FemtoConf and I really liked the topic. And um, I think it will make a very interesting episode to basically talk about that. Um, and the topic was uh, something like the distracted founder, like how to get uh, the different ways we get distracted and how to get back on track or something like that. And um, I feel like in this year of working with Tiny Seed and seeing a lot of companies and a lot of founders, uh, that probably inspired some of the insights from that, right? Yeah, totally. I did a little bit of mentorship before Tiny Seed, but I kind of jumped into the the full mentorship experience at Tiny Seed. And it's been in a fascinating place to be in this like third person view to mm. see these different companies going through challenges and the way that they react to those challenges and how they work together and then kind of pulling in insights from that. So that was, yeah, that was the impetus for that FemtoConf submission, which I'm still Sat, just devastated about and i will be bugging you whenever that gets <laughs> rescheduled <laughs> like you're, i'm speaking there right yeah um but it's good to be able sure, to yeah. take what i've learned and and give it here as well mm-hmm. well can you can you yeah, talk really then about uh, uh what are what are some of the most common ways that you see founders get distracted and yeah what can they do to mitigate against that so it's funny in this virus crisis, I want to say, <laughs> mm-hmm. that the the talk originally was was about when everything was normal, right? Which is like, okay, cool. Every, the world is moving on. Everything is fine. And so the things that you get distracted on as a founder, um, especially when you're a one-person team, that can be preventing you from making progress. And this is a lot from what I've learned at Tiny C, but a lot of it also is personal experience from when I was in Wedding Lovely. Because after I worked on Wedding Lovely for about nine years, and which is crazy to think about because that's like an age when it comes uh, comes to startups. It's a lifetime, yeah. A lot of that was this feeling of, of okay, I'm working, I'm making progress or something happening, like going, going to work every day and making progress on something, but then looking back at the last year and then realizing that my progress in terms of actual metrics, like how well the company is doing, was actually little to none. Because um, I the things that I would get distracted on, and this is something that I think a lot of founders get distracted on, which is one of my first points, was, um, was design details especially as a small team. And this is something I fell into as a designer, my background's in design. It's when you're working on a, I say a new feature and you want to get out the door, uh, a lot of founders fall into this trap, myself included, of wanting to, to look perfect, work perfect, um, really fretting over those little, like the way that the button looks, the spacing, the alignment, whatnot. And one thing that this can do is like really slows down actually getting the feature out. And this is something that I did myself. This is something I see um, sometimes with founders in Tiny Seed, where you're just focused on on this this little design detail or making everything ther- perfect, but you know, uh, perfect is the enemy of what is that? Enemy of good? I forget the, yep. the phrases. Yep. I just whiffed it there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, don't don't make don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, That's a good one. So that That's was the one. one that was the thing that I fell into the most was was hmm. that. 
Um, another one that we we find that I, I did as well um, is focusing on the wrong metrics because sometimes you might get be really looking at say um, how much revenue you're making, but you don't realize that your churn is really high. And when you're looking at your revenue, um, you might be like, oh, I just need to increase the funnel to get more people in, but you don't realize you're losing progress in another uh, place in your um, in your metrics. So one thing I wanted to do a shout out to was Craig Hewitt's talk at MicroConf Europe this last October. I believe it's online and I'll send you the link so you can add to the notes. Um, but he talks a lot about the various metrics and the the ones you need to focus on at the moment. And when I watched this talk, I was like, whoa, I really wish I had this talk when I was running Renly Lovely because I would have realized mm-hmm. that there's all these things that I was working on. Um, I was focusing on mainly just like what's the money coming through the door without realizing that I was losing money and losing, like I was basically hindering my progress because I didn't realize that my metrics, like something else was so poor that, you know, I was increasing the funnel. I was like doing this cold emailing. I was working on the wrong things um, without realizing that there's other parts of um, that were uh, holding me back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's what strikes me about those two examples you just gave um, is uh, we're, I mean, we're talking about being distracted, um, and the opposite of that would be focused, but both of those is like the founder being focused, but on the entirely wrong thing, the wrong metric or the wrong, um, font size or padding (laughs) of, of a button. Um, where, where do you, how, how do you, um, think through then, is this something that is worth my focus right now? Like, how do I know that this is uh, that the design does need to be right so that people are having a good experience or not. Like that's something that you could think through. I do need to be thinking about these metrics, but how do I know it's the right one? Like what is a, what's a, what's a framework of questions that a founder can ask themselves to, to stay focused on the right things? Um, one of the things that, uh, that is it's really hard to, to figure those things out on your own, which is one of the reasons why I realized that masterminds and talking to people who are their founders is so important. Uh, so tiny seed, obviously we, we get together and we do these, um, we get together on calls and talk through our problems, whatnot. And you just have that, that other person who says that mentor or advisor or, you know, co, uh, another founder that's in your group that says, Hey, is this really important? Like, do you really need to be doing this? And sometimes we'll have people saying, okay, hey, look at this design I'm working on. How do I get this padding just perfect? And you have to have this other person who says, the padding is not perfect, yes. Yeah. But instead of <laughs> like Doesn't worrying matter. about it right now, <laughs> like, yeah. can you just yeah. get this feature out? And it's really nice to have mm-hmm. someone else out there to, to kind of push you along. Uh, one thing we did at MicroConf recently is we launched a um, Slack channel, Slack workspace. Um, and there's a masterminds channel to kind of help people find masterminds and there's mastermind jam. If you're looking for other people to partner with, um, to kind of talk through what you're working on and keep yourself stay on track, which is really great in general. Uh, one of my, Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. notes for maybe we can move into just being distracted by everything right now. Uh, one of my notes was giving yourself a deadline or a, um, like a check-in or something. And when you're on a mastermind, you have to say what you've been working on, what's your progress, what what are you being distracted by, um, having a regular weekly call with other people where they can check in on with you, they can tell you that you're working on the wrong things in their opinion, um, that they can give you, like it's nice to have, say like, oh, Friday, I have a 
call with so-and-so, even if it's a friendly call with, with friends. Uh, but it kind of forces you also to to continue working and get stuff done before that call so you have something to, mm-hmm. to bring up. So it's not really a, a framework of questions to ask yourself. Uh, a lot of that is just, I think, just being aware that you could be working on the wrong thing, but it's, then it's just leading into what's the way that you can ask for help from other people mm-hmm. and and getting that feedback from people who don't have those that founder blinder of like that tunnel of focus that you have. Yeah. They can see the big picture. Yeah, no, I think that makes complete sense. Just getting out of the vacuum of your own little space. And it's one of those funny things where it always feels so much easier to have perspective and give a friend advice where like somebody asks you for it, you're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you should do. Da, 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 da. But if you find yourself in that exact same position, it's so hard to to step out of your own context. So that's that's great advice. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Do you see do you see any recurring Patterns like what people get distracted with, other than paddings and font size. <laughs> <laughs> what about this virus and refreshing the news? It's <laughs> constant. Yeah, that's that's definitely yes. the one thing that really? happens for me. <laughs> yeah, last week was a completely wash, a complete wash for me. I hope Rob Walling's not listening to this because. <laughs> uh, no, you actually had a talk. We we had a talk between the three of us saying that we, you know, it's it's okay to be distracted right now. Mm-hmm. Um. But last last week was was awful in terms of productivity for me and the things I needed to do, and so this week I've actually implemented my some some tactics stronger than I normally do for myself. Like one thing I would I always resisted like planning out my day hour by hour. I liked having the freedom to kind of choose what I want to work on at any moment. But now that I'm distracted by all this this news cycle that's constantly happening, um, whenever I reach like a you know. I'll be working and then there'll be a little thing that challenges me and my brain when I'm challenged wants to like go look at something else, get distracted by something else. And so it's like go off to New York times and start refreshing it and start checking the the stats and the latest news and stuff like that. So lately I've started hour by hour, like focusing my day, um, you know, mm-hmm. 8am to 9am I have breakfast, 9am I have to go 9am to 10am. I'm like deep work focus, 10am I can check the news. And this is something mm-hmm. I never had to do before, but now it's like, now I'm giving myself permission to say, Hey, I can check it at this point. And then I have this hour where if I get challenged by something, I get frustrated by something and the urge goes to like, go distract myself by something else. I have, I can look at the time and say, okay, there's only, you know, 25 minutes left in this hour. Let's buckle down and continue working for just this hour and then I can check. So this is something I never had to do before, but it's mm. this this is the world we live in at this current moment, this kind of like scary current moment. Um another thing I've been working on uh I've I didn't have to do before is uh changing my work location because when I was at mm. I had an office and it was nice to walk into the office and be like this is the place that works gets done, but now we're all working from home. And so I would, whenever I worked from home, I'd be on the couch or on my desk. And these are places that in the evenings after I was done with work, I'd be refreshing Slack and looking at these things and whatnot. And they're still associated with like relaxation after work times for me. And so today I'm actually in the process of moving around the office, moving the the desk into a different location uh, and giving myself a place where I'm like, this is when I'm sitting down at this desk, this is my work area. And if I wanted to, you know, if it's time for my 
time for me to go check the the stats on the virus, refresh New York Times. I have to physically get up from that desk and move to someplace else and then make it a relaxation time and a work time. So that's another mm-hmm. tactic I've I've recently implemented just this week, just to help myself self help the squirrel brain stop um trying to <laughs> to look at everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. It I is explicitly blocking new sites and stuff like that on your work machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's every now and then I'll block Reddit on my host file because it's just habit to type Reddit or Facebook or all these other things. And that's like yeah. the only way that I can, I can't like see the homepage and realize what I'm doing. I have to like have it completely error out. And then like, mm-hmm. oh, right. I can't do that right now. Yeah. There's a really good, there's an app called Self-Control for Mac uh, that I was using for a while. It, it, it feels, it seems like it's, it, uh. It doesn't play well with Catalina, <laughs> so oh, no. I've had to um, like find a couple others. But uh, but yeah, same, same deal where it just like uh, updates your host file and you're locked down for like a couple of hours, and it's really really. <laughs> it's helpful I love to have this. that sort of yeah. It's helpful to have that sort of layer on top of it. I'm going to get this after this after we're yeah. done with this. I'm totally going to get that because <laughs> yeah. it's a kind of a pain not to go to my host file <laughs> and manually edit it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Just simplifies that. One thing that helped me a couple of years ago, it's not as drastic, but I um, have my, my dock and my status bar set to auto hide. So when I'm not like an edge of my screen, I don't see the dock and I don't see the status bar. And therefore, I also don't see any notification bubbles or anything. Mm-hmm. And of course, like I can still explicitly go down there and check stuff. But when yeah. I'm deeply into something, it nothing can pop up that distracts me and it sounded like a small change at first, but it has mm-hmm. been had had a huge effect on on just staying. Like especially when you're like deep down working on something, it's so easy to get pulled out by a red bubble in your email account or something like that. Yeah, um, and it really helped to just hide those away. I find it kind of evil that app that Apple decided to add notifications into the operating system. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine like having a computer back in like the nineties. And how like distracted free that you would be, and now everything yeah, is yeah. designed to like constantly pop pop up these notifications. Like websites are constantly trying to send you notifications to the browser. And it's like, can we not? <laughs> yeah, it really. I mean, you're 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 joking about that, but it it is totally true, isn't it? Like that it it feels like, especially right now, that over the past I don't know fifteen years, especially the last five years, every single app that has just become so a part of our workflow is also usually probably being optimized for like usage and engagement. And so these tools have become super, super efficient and work them their way into our workflow. They've also like gotten really good at reminding us that they're there and interrupting us. And so maybe a month or two ago, we would be talking about the ta- the, these sorts of tactics of like, here's how you, you know, get yourself focused in your workflow, um, set yourself up to be able to do deep work, Okay, good. But now, but today, do all of those things. And there's this macro level of existential dread. <laughs> so, like, how, how, is, how is Tiny Seed thinking through, like, your current portfolio companies, your, your upcoming rounds, and talking to folks about, like... Thinking, thinking through the risky idea of starting a business, investing in yourself, while this 
just unprecedented for us, for, for, for those of us that are in this generation living, um, with, with this unprecedented news going on, like, how do you stay focused on building a company in this climate? It was funny when we, when this happened, like I, I joked about how we were, we were, you know, wiping our brows, thanking ourselves that this is all remote. Um, (laughs) but a lot of it was also just like, Oh, like, like everyone is affected by what's going on right now. We are included. Um, you know, when it's comes to bringing on new, like what's going to happen in say six or so months when applications open again, like how are, what, what's going to be happening then? How are we going to adjust to this? Um, yeah, what are the the companies that are going to be available and still thriving in this climate? What can we do? Because a lot of it's mm-hmm. like we don't want time easy to go down either. Um, in terms of the people that we're working with, us like every other VC out there, I've seen a lot of chat about this, talking to their portfolio companies and changing the focus from growth at all costs to keeping as much money in the bank as at all costs. You know, try don't work on some crazy initiative, crazy ad campaign that that's risky. Um, and that, you know, mm. could make it big, but also could deplete your bank account. This is not the time to do those kind of risks. This is not the time to hire a new salesperson um, or do those like hires that you're like really excited to do. But you maybe, you know, it was, again, risky. Maybe you didn't have like a huge buff in your bank. So we were advising, advising the startups we're working with um, to do this as well. We're working mm-hmm. with with them to... Some of the startups we work with are having uh, having challenges right now, and you know we're in a great place where we can help them out with those challenges and use our resources, use our network, use our mentorship to to help them to overcome these challenges, which is great for Tiny Seed because that means that no one's really alone and we're all working together to help each other out. Uh, so it's just kind of like, oh, one thing we had to do, which is so frustrating for me, is um, we would usually get together in in-person retreats and we had to move those retreats remotely. And it's those in-person retreats for a remote accelerator were kind of a key part of our business because yeah. that's how the people joining the next batch get to see each other in person, get this personal connection. We do some fun things together. We do some right. work things together. And then when we're doing these calls afterwards, then we have this, this connection to help you right. like, open up and really feel like a family on these calls. And now it's like, oh, this has to re- be remote too. So we're going to be starting the new batch um, pretty soon. And we're working through ideas and and a way to do like a remote retreat, uh, which is also hard because all of our, our founders are all in different time zones. And it's nice when you're in person, everyone's on the same time zone. You can spend the whole day, right. whole day together. But really, we have three hours every day that works for everybody <laughs> to do some sort of like onboarding activity to get everyone together. So we have some challenges and whatnot. Um, I think we're doing really well because we've the startups we work with are bootstrappers, people who were bootstrappers, you know, they raised some money with us, but they still have that bootstrapper mindset, which I think is going to be really, really good right now in this current climate because fundraising is going to be super hard. You know, a lot of people out there, like there's ways of gaining capital. A lot of startups need capital right now because, you know, a lot of prospects might have disappeared, especially if you're working with say physical businesses, you might be in a big trouble because those physical businesses all right now are closed. And there's that's the nice thing about Tiny Seed is that you get some money for being in Tiny Seed to help you might maybe help the startups survive this crisis. Um there's things like ladder capital, there's oh, what's the other one? There's a four letter one, I can't remember, but it's it um takes your monthly subscriptions and gives you the money 
annually, if I recall. Mm. A pipe or something? Pipe, yes, thank you. (laughs) I have a weird memory thing where I always remember the length of a word, but not the word itself. (laughs) And I'm happy that these things exist right now. I think three, five years ago, it was just like bootstrapping or VC. And luckily right now, there's a lot of different options for alternate ways of, of bringing capital that will hopefully help as we we go through this crisis together. It will help these smaller businesses, these bootstrap businesses, continue on afterwards. So I think I got a little off track there. Um, but those are some of the things that oh. we're thinking about uh, in terms of how lucky you are, Tiny Seed, how lucky you are within the space. We are able to help these startups, um, kind of mentorship, mentor these startups, and also just in general where we are in 2020 in terms of the alternate funding space, um, which happens to be hopefully to to help a lot of bootstrap businesses out and help them survive this crisis. I mean, that's that's really helpful. I think I'm I'm sitting here thinking through it. Um, people who've been listening to the to the show for a while know that um, I w- had started. I had made the decision to look for a full time job um, in late February, uh, early March. Th- this is not the best time in the world to <laughs> to be trying to find a job, and so. Um, there's like, I'm like kind of hopping back and forth between this thing of, well, it's going to be difficult to look for work, um, but this is also not the time to be taking a big risk, and uh, which is which is what you're you're saying, like advising companies, hey, don't 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 make don't take moonshots, don't run uh, experiments that aren't probably going to work out, and I feel myself <laughs> coming to this conclusion of. All right, double down, double back down on consulting, and get ready to launch your own business. That is one of the most risky things a person can do. I think is to launch their own business. Um, and I, I guess I'm just I'm curious what what's the conversation like at Tiny Seed in terms of the these are the markets that are most likely to be uh, that are most likely to get through this downturn or these are the types of businesses that are what are they close to sales close to lead generation not so much like like other aspects of of the business like are there are there conversations like that happening and what can you tell us there one thing that's funny about your your what you just said about finding a new job is just before this happened my husband quit his job like his literal last day was the day that the um, self isolation started here in Ontario? <laughs> just like it was like oh Great timing that was wow. timing. <laughs> wow. Um, and so he's he's doing consulting as well, uh, and, okay. and luckily he quit his job. He um, he's a founder founder type, I think, like all of us, um, and he quit his job with a lot of uh, padding his bank because he wanted time to, to work on these new ideas and figure out what he's going to yeah. do. So luckily we had that padding before he quit, but there's a lot, little bit of a moment that's like, I can't believe we're doing this right now. <laughs> this is, that was some, <laughs> some timing. At least I have a full-time job. Yeah. And in terms of your question, uh, in terms of, um, I can't really say what we're, we're talking about specifics with the, the stars we're working on. There are some people, like I said, there's some people who are having challenges right now. And 
you know, it's a, again, it's just like that battening down the hatches. You know, they have to, some people are going to have to lay people off. Some people mm-hmm. are going to have to um, differentiate their market. They might have to move into something else really quickly or expand their market or, or find another area that they can focus on um, because suddenly their, their existing market evaporated, you know, and how do you see, we really tried, we're not, we're trying not to be the kind of VC, the kind of investor that says, here's the thing you have to do. Um, there's a lot of people who are like, okay, here's, a, here's some advice. And this is what we say. And you know, the person's going to be like, okay. And then they you know run off on their own little path. And there's no way we're going to be like, hey, you can't do that. Right, you know, we're going to be, yeah. we're going to support them no matter what they do. Um, but it's nice as we, we definitely picked up our the amount of calls that we've been doing individually one-on-one with the startups. There's, we picked up the amount of time that we've been, We've been chatting with them and um, reaching out to them and making sure that everything's going okay because we're also distracted with postponing microconf. Um, this has been a really tough time because we postponed microconf for mm-hmm. moving these retreats online. We have a lot of distracted with that. Um, we are in the process of onboarding the new batch, um, going through due diligence, and the the virus, which was hard because uh, we still have our existing batch. And we realize is that because we're just so distracted by all these things, especially microconf and what we're going to do with that, that we we're not checking in with them. So last week we started doing um, more calls specifically to kind of chat with them, even if they're not reaching out to us, to make sure that we know where they are. So I'm not sure if that's a really good answer, but that's kind of how we've been mm-hmm. we've been surviving the last say two weeks. Um, in addition to being very distracted ourselves, because we're not just like an investment firm; it's also it's very tied into microconf, and that's been really rough. Yeah, to- I mean that's th- such a huge value of Tiny Seed specifically is the the network the ha- the hallway track of MicroConf, mm-hmm. but even more <laughs> uh, focused and and throughout the year. Well, um, honestly, it's it's it, nice that we're we're so tied into MicroConf as well because it's not just Tiny Seed; it is Tiny Seed and MicroConf. So the founders mm-hmm. that we have and we bring on have two networks to choose from. They have a very yeah, small exactly. personal network, yeah. um, but they also have this, this huge network. And it's honestly the MicroConf. A lot of people hate Slack. Um, we there's a lot of reasons why we use Slack rather say than Discord or whatnot. Um, but we did just start that Slack workspace, and that was something in the works before this happened. And that's another thing mm-hmm. we're like, woo, that is really we're really happy that happened to launch <laughs> right when this happened because now we have this this place where Bootstrap founders in the microconfident community that would be normally getting together in person in April in Minneapolis, which is like our first year not doing it in Las Vegas, which Vegas. is a little <laughs> devastating. <laughs> But now we have this place where people can have the support from other founders. Um, you know, if you're having troubles with your business, there's, there's for Tiny they have two networks to ask from, but at least with the Bootstrap community as a whole, there's this new, in addition to other networks that are out there, we have now a microconf network for people to, to get that one-on-one or group help um, that mm-hmm. unfortunately won't happen mm-hmm. in yeah. person. For a while, oh, that, yeah. That I, this this is going to be my first year at MicroConf, and so ah. um, so I am so bummed. Um, but okay, but but back to uh, so like distractions and, and focus. What what's your advice for uh, for founders right now who are who are seeing the conditions change, the environment change, and maybe their their business is is dipping. Um, how how do how do you advise them to think through okay things are changing should we shift our focus a bit to respond to this or stay the course stay focused on what we've been doing like 
how do you how do you how do you make that that decision when things change so radically? First thing I would say is in the words of Douglas Adams, don't panic. <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's very uh you know go for a walk, get some sleep. Yeah. Um this is really scary times and especially if it's affecting your business personally. Uh things aren't going to happen in the next two weeks, hopefully for your business, it's not going to die if you suddenly have to take a full week off just to deal with what's going on. Get away from your computer. Don't make any progress. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of social isolation walks. Get a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, Put yourself in a good brain space to actually then make the right decisions because it's not going to help any founder if they are if they're stressed out, underslept, distracted by everything that's going on, squirrel brain is happening, to then make decisions. So- mm-hmm. First thing I would say is put yourself in a right space and give yourself the t- the, the time and and mental ability to to make the right decisions. Um, the next thing would be also you know take advantage of those advisors, you know, the community, the other people, you know, people to help you look at beyond that that tunnel of vision that you have on your business. Um, see what other people say in addition to the ideas that you have, because there might be something that's really big that you might be missing. You know, it's mm-hmm. this is again I. The nine years I worked in Wedding Lovely and then the time I work at Tennessee, the both of these like advise informed my experiences, but a lot of it was just like failing so hard at Wedding Lovely. <laughs> and I that's something I never really did was ask for help. I always I, I took pride in my ability to just make all my decisions. Like I was a founder and I was making the decisions and I know what I'm doing because I'm the one who's working on this day after day. And then in looking back in those nine years, I'm like, what could have happened at year three if I had talked to people, got this idea for something I got in like year eight? Um, what mm-hmm. would have happened to the business at that moment? What are the things that I missed by not asking for help or asking people mm-hmm. what they thought? And so I look back on that as one of my biggest things I've learned at that time at, at Wedding Lovely. Um, in terms of making those decisions about stay the course, try something new, uh, if possible, I'm a huge fan of having eggs in multiple baskets. And that's, again, at Wedding Lovely, I, it's, uh, one of the reasons why I was able to last nine years is that it wasn't only a marketplace, which is famously hard to work on, a marketplace <laughs> in the wedding space, which is also famously a horrible space to be in. I can do a whole podcast about how horrible the wedding, wedding space is. Don't launch an app in it. It's crazy. And the, the thing that helped me survive those nine years was the fact that it wasn't just a marketplace, but it was also a SaaS app. It was a planet wedding planning app for people. It was also a blog that had affiliate revenue coming in. It had all these different pieces of the business that were bringing in the revenue. So when something dropped, that the other pieces of the business could pick up for it. And so the problem, the counterpoint here is that by this is something I did at Wedding Lovely as well, is that by having these multiple things you work on, you are going to be distracting yourself from working on what matters. So by having this blog that I was updating, I got a lot of affiliate revenue from it. It was a lot of the, the like good 50% of the revenue from Wedding Lovely is just through the blog. But that also meant mm. that I was so involved in running this that the development of the apps I was working on went down. So there's a balance. It, it helped me survive the tough times when the apps weren't doing so well or when the blog... Um, I Google dropped some of my um, uh, SEO for a couple of these really key posts. And so my revenue just disappeared overnight. I had other parts of the business uh-huh. that were still running and I was, I was able to you know, keep working on it because I had these eggs in multiple baskets. But it also yeah. meant that I had this constant feeling of juggling six balls. 
but I can only uh-huh. really juggle four at a time. So there's two in the ground. And so what was what are the two balls that I was not working on? What are the things that are lagging behind the business? So long story short, I'm a big fan of multiple eggs and multiple baskets, but there has to be some kind of awareness in terms of what those other baskets are, how you'll be just like spending your time, how, how labor intensive those other ventures would be. Um, so you, I rec- would recommend to look at other places to bring in revenue, look at other places to differentiate your thing, but also just be aware of how much that could be a distraction from the other thing mm-hmm. and make sure there's a balance there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the art side of it, isn't it? <laughs> is, is knowing um, how much, how much diversification is too much so that mm-hmm. then you're, you're spread too thin, how yeah. much, uh, single focus is way too risky. Like, yeah, <laughs> I want to mention one no, thing. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say there, there, there's no formula. There's no single, there's no, what, what is it like the unified theory of entrepreneurship? There's, <laughs> there's not a, there's not an algorithm that you're just going to pop all of this stuff into and, and, and come out on the other side. Yeah. One thing um, I want to mention that Sorry. that really helped me at Wedding Lovely for all these things is when I was doing these these um, different ventures and there's like a certain amount of maintenance for every one of these things that needed to happen to keep them running when I was like distracted by these other these other parts of the business. Um, so for the blog, I was running those blog posts and for the uh, marketplace, it was responding to the businesses that are on the platform and the people using the platform responding to their support requests, um, responding to support requests for the app. Um, so there's a lot of these like little daily activities and one of the smartest things I did was to hire a virtual assistant. Uh, this was a virtual assistant that was in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So she was the 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 rate was really reasonable for me as a small business owner. And it allowed me to not distract myself with those like daily activities um, and have another person to lean on. So if you're a solo founder, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of virtual assistants or someone to help you out. There's a lot of websites out there that are US-based that help you find a virtual assistant. They'd be very expensive. It'd be like $25 an hour. Uh, trying to find the right person who's remote that really works for you. Uh, I think I use, I have a whole article on this actually on how I found this virtual assistant um, and how I was able to use the the Philippines to, there's like a, a local website for Philippines-based virtual assistants that I used mm-hmm. um, and I'll pass that link over. But it was one of the things that, again, the, at Wedding Lovely that really helped me stay on track because I wasn't hiring a us-based support person that was really expensive that was really going to like stress my business i was able to find the right person that was really cheap to order to keep the business on and i feel like that's some things you have to do as a bootstrap founder that might be something you have to do right now in this current climate it sucks to say this you might have to lay off a your support people who are local and hire people who are uh, offshore um just to keep your business running but that's i guess what you have to really work on and focus on if your business is trouble with this current climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's it does seem like the being able to identify those day-to-day or weekly tasks that have to that have to get done. Um identifying those, getting them off of your plate just knowing that they're going to happen. It's like the importance of hiring a good bookkeeper. So that then your brain is not like constantly going back to this Excel document somewhere that <laughs> that needs to be accurate, that needs to be done, allows you to to stay focused on the longer term, on the yeah. longer term planning of the business, working on the business rather than in it, as they always say. 
I mean, that goes right back to the topic of this show, right? Is that you feel like you're getting work done when you, you decide to save money, don't hire that bookkeeper, so you're doing the bookkeeping yourself. You know, so there could be a part of you that's saying, oh, cool, I'm doing the, the right thing by by doing it myself. But you realize that what yeah. you're doing is taking away from your ability to do development or do the ideation or do sales for your business by distracting yourself by doing this bookkeeping stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, that is... I, we, Benedict and I were talking about this, I think three or four episodes ago. I have just had this like, uh, just frustrating inner feeling of like, we're 30 episodes in and I have zero MRR. I am just infuriated with myself about that. Um, on the, on the one hand, like just feeling like, what, have, what the heck have I been doing? I've been, I've been operating this thing and like keeping my, keeping my, family afloat um doing doing all of this that on the one hand yeah you you've done it like that is uh you've made progress there you've at least like sustained something but this over this other feeling of like the building building the longer lasting asset that is going to start moving itself forward that that feels like when, when you're talking about being distracted by things that feel like progress that are, they have to get done. Um, but not seeing like the, the bigger wheel start moving like that completely, completely resonates with, with my current situation. So yeah. Thanks for all that. Yeah. Got a page full of, full of notes here that I'm going to (laughs) be referring back to. (laughs) I mean, these are all these things. They always sound really nice, also in the abstract. I will have to admit that I, I I struggle with these things every day myself. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I think like I, this is what I think is helpful about uh, conversations like this one, and just like you know the the podcast space generally is that it's really hard. I think it's really hard to give specific and contextual advice. So much as here's a way to think about this. Does that resonate? Does that sound true to you, listener? And so, how would you take this like general advice, this, these observations at a higher level, and apply them to your specific example? So, I think, and I, <laughs> we joked about it, or like everybody can relate to feeling distracted, wanting to be focused, but then also wondering, well, what the heck do I? What's the right thing to focus on? So, Benedict, any any closing thoughts from you any other questions man mm, no no not right now you, you're the you're a talented interviewer it's it's, <laughs> it's a pleasure to watch you work <laughs> it uh tracy it was a pleasure to have you and to get your to get your thoughts yeah um this was super fun I'm, okay well maybe maybe later in 2020 we will meet in person at uh at microconf in in minneapolis um and if not then hopefully hopefully somewhere else somewhere else soon so hopefully by the time sorry about that um as i say hopefully by the time this podcast comes out we'll have the the new dates announced for when it's postponed oh because it's postponed so that's at this moment is being negotiated with the hotel and then hopefully that'll be out got it well we uh we run a of a very off-brand um uh, very fast uh, production schedule. So this is going to go out tomorrow. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> we, we we are slow and steady 
Um, but our our podcast production uh, schedule is not. It is <laughs> it's, it's fast, quick, and scrappy. <laughs> it is quick and scrappy. <laughs> Uh, but no, in all seriousness, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing all that you did. And we look forward to continuing to see great stuff coming from uh, MicroConf and from all of y'all at Tiny Seed. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. This is, was really fun to talk about these things that have been <laughs> very relevant right now. It's a very, very weird time of time of life, I guess. Yeah. No. Yeah. No yeah. No <laughs> All right, well, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Show notes at slowandsteadypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at slowsteadypod. Talk to you next week.